Jimmy, you have you have two heads, and one of them is Italian. Yes, <laughs> that's a good title. Jaco is here. They're both kind of Italian, aren't they? No, that's both. true. Good point. Welcome, Jaco. Italian, Italian, and Irish. So I have. Welcome. Hello. Hi, everybody. This is Jaco here, by the way. I, I I guess it's possible. It seems weird to me, but I guess it's possible that there are people that could be listening or watching who don't know who you are. Oh, yeah, that's very possible. You kind of checked out for a little bit. Yeah. But you want to tell us who you are? Tell them. I know who you are. You want to tell them who you are? I'm Jimmy's uh, daughter. (laughs) 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 I'm Jaco. I'm Italian. And a few years ago, like, I don't know how many years ago, uh, I went to Jimmy and I asked his permission to make videos. (laughs) He didn't need it, but he asked. So I I started making videos because my previous company was like an internet thing. I was doing virtual stuff. And then at one point, I really wanted to make stuff with my hands, but I didn't know how to do anything. So I started watching YouTube videos. So you guys, mostly Jimmy's in the beginning. Think so. And so, yeah, the more I was watching videos, the more, the more I was making things. And the more I was making things, the more I wanted to, like, share what I was learning. So I started making videos, too. And I was like, okay, I'm going to put this 5,000 euro. When I finish them, I'm just going to, you know, find, again, a new real job to do. If they say 5,000 euro was your initial investment, if it works, it works. If not, it doesn't. Yeah. I bought all the tools and stuff. So I, I had to be very creative not to finish those 5,000 euros. And that started like a whole thing where I'm still here trying to make stuff. And that was, <laughs> do you remember when that was? I mean, we can go to your very first video. Where yeah. It was I'm the really, paper burned. Yeah. I'll look. I'm talking. really bad with like dates, but it must be like six years ago, seven years ago. No, I'd say nine. Really? I'd I'm say that it. old? Yeah. <laughs> Because I've been Definitely. up here, I've been up here in this house full time since 2017. So that's going on seven, six and a half, seven years ago. So it was at least a couple of years before that. Wow! <coughs> it's always like yeah, a couple of years ago in my mind. Yeah, same here. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm, I'm still here making things, and then I kind of did like when I started making videos, like. I decided that that would be my startup. I always had the idea that I wanted to make products because I thought normally when someone makes like a new product, then you have to figure out who to show it to, like who, what's the market and everything, right? And I felt like that was already what I was doing, like filtering people that like what I was making. So I was like, for me, it's the most... Uh, it's the best thing to do. Just like try to make some products and see if people like it. But you have a captive audience that likes you. Yeah, it's already like filled. Like YouTube is amazing because whether you like it or not, you're just you know connecting with people that has your same you know sensibility, your same like like the same things. Like every time I meet someone that watches my video, we have so many things in common. Which mm. is like a dream for like a marketer, like someone that wants to. Right. Like normally, you have to find it afterwards. Like this was already, yeah, happening. So, um, I started with the maker knife, where Bob made my voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> Do it now, Bob. Do it right now. I don't even remember what the line was. 
<laughs> he doesn't open bottle. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> In the hand still, of a maker. I, I still carry my maker knife every day. Nice. Just so you know. This is like one of my favorite things. By the way, oh, nine no. years ago was your oldest movie. I know there was a movie before that that's not here. Yeah, the one I with deleted the paper burns. So this was in January of 2015. Wow. wow. So imagine a kid at nine years is like an adult, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a real <laughs> person. They all had young kids by now. Wow. Yeah. That's Ooh, amazing. That's so you did Maker Knife. Yeah. You've done The Kinetic Driver. Yes. Which that I was COVID. Yeah. What else? Uh, the uh, dark face. Well, I made like little stuff in in, in the between, in, like in between. Is the calendar? Like this? Yeah, the calendar. Yeah, the sharp edge. You have the only orange sharp edge in existence. <laughs> That's like a shell for the for the sharpie, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. Great. And then then the dark fade, which is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> we have a sample right here. I, yeah, I'm not. interested to hear about this because I mean, mm-hmm. like, so I'm a I'm a supporter of Dark Fade on yeah. Kickstarter, and it's been a while. Yeah, and it's I know that that's light. how it goes. It doesn't bother me, but I'm curious to hear from you about yeah. like what that's been like. It's been a long so time. in this project, I did one thing that I never done before, and it's been really like a huge error of mine because normally. Even if I'm not good at something, I kind of know, you know, the gist of it. Like for this product, which has electronics, I, have, I know like 0.5% of what you need to know. <clears throat> so what I did was like trusting someone else to make that part, which is a big part in a flashlight. And that created like huge problems. Like I obviously... Um, I couldn't know in the beginning, but we didn't have the same mindset, like the same way to do stuff with this electronic guy who is like amazing. Like he's super skilled, like he knows everything, even too much probably. And, but the the point is that it wasn't coming out the thing that I wanted. Like I I could never really um, get what I wanted Dark Fate to be because it was all like in spec. Everything was like super like, safe everything obviously but i think that guy was too strict for the way i i try to do things like <coughs> i really want to push the envelope like try things that nobody d- done before like you know but obviously because my knowledge in electronics is very low i have to trust you know someone else which is something that i'm never going to do again but now like it's been i don't know one and a half years something uh, after the Kickstarter and <clears throat> first of all, like this last two years has been like the very worst of my life, like for many reasons. And that was one because like, it's very, very stressful. Yeah. Um, having like people that put their money uh, f- for a product and me struggling, like having all kind of problems, seeing like money going away. Um, Cause everything you do, even like, a month where you don't get what you want is like money that I spend because I have, you know, expenses and everything. It's like super, super stressful. And on top of that, I had like a couple of really bad, like personal problems. And I know it's like ridiculous to say, no, nobody should say that. But I had like periods in these last two years that I was actually thinking like, 
being dead is not that bad. <laughs> oh God, I'm I'm that. I'm serious. Like it's <laughs> it's it's that bad. Like I never thought about doing anything, but I was like, wow. I, the uh, the pressure was pushing down on you yeah. so much. Yeah. I, I can talk about this now because like I'm getting out of it. Also like Dark Fate as well. I have I met like a new uh, electronic guy who is like absolutely incredible. Like seriously, like I don't know who sent it to me, but <laughs> someone did. Uh, I was in a maker fair and I met this guy. He had like his own like LED stuff. And luckily while while I was there, a lot of people recognized me and asked like for selfies and stuff. So he was like, who is this guy? And he, <laughs> he took you serious. Yeah. And, and yeah, so he did the research and, <clears throat> and then he contacted me again and we, we became really good friends and he's helping me a lot. Like I, I don't, I don't think I would be able to finish Dark Fate without him. So wow. that, that's mm. how important he is. Yeah. Can you briefly talk about what's special about Dark, about Dark Fate? So there's two things. Uh, that I wanted Dark Fate to have, like in the beginning, just one, which was I hate like flipping through uh, modes in in flashlights, uh, like when you want to change the brightness. And I had the idea of like I I, I was imagining like um, invisible volume knob, you know, like something that you turn like that. So when when you keep the button pressed of Dark Fate and you move it like this in the air, rotate it. Yeah, you um. You change the brightness like with a very nice resolution like it feels like you're moving a knob mm-hmm. and because of that the way the the um uh, gyro and what's the other thing i'm missing the name the gps or gyro? no no the um, accelerometer yeah the accelerometer work you need to know the orientation the object is when you turn it because otherwise like if you have it flipped and you go uh, clockwise it does one thing if you flip the the dark fade, you go clockwise. It does like up instead of down. You know, the, rearranges the what it expected. Yeah. So that was like a, a difficult problem that well before the Kickstarter that I had to solve. And at one point, I solved it with hardware instead of software because it was impossible. So I I made the head um, forty five degrees angle. So when you take it, you don't want to <clears throat> you don't want to flat like you obviously. Hold it like kind of a gun. Yeah. So you know <clears throat> you know which way it's facing. Yeah. So you would always face it like that. I'm and gonna that, get you water. Keep talking. That's okay. And that made uh, like the feature that I love the most because I never seen 45 degrees uh, angle heads in, in in flashlights. I mean, you have like the big ones that you can move and stuff like that, or the 90 degrees. But 45 degrees is amazing because you like. You put it on the floor, you, you want to work on something on the wall, for example. It always sh- shines, you know, where, where you want it to be. Or like you put it here in your, ch- in your chest and it always, you know, uh, it's nice when you walk. It's, it's a lot better for me than a headlamp, for example. Like, you mm. know, the thing that you put here. So those are the two features uh, I was banking on. But now with this new guy, some things are secret. And some things are like, for example, we put on um, red LEDs to maintain your visual, you know, the night vision, for example. And like the uh, the sentry mode it has, which is like you keep it somewhere like 
on a bag or something. If someone moves it, it starts flashing and making a noise. Oh, wow. Yeah. You can even use, like, if you go camping and you don't want, like, animals to go, you can put a string and you put that in. If like, uh, an animal comes, you, you know, starts beeping and stuff like that. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, and the sentry mode in, in the old version was, like, you could have it, like, for six hours. Now you can have the dark fade with this new guy. You can have the dark fade in sentry mode for like a year. <laughs> and the battery doesn't. Yeah, it's pretty. That, wow. That's the level of like how better the, the electronic is now. Yeah. That's crazy. So this, I, I know this has been like a publicly long project. You said a couple of years. Yeah. But I was there. I was in Italy in, when was that, 2019? Maybe? Something like he that. He said he's bad with dates. I muted to call. I'm pretty sure it was 2019. So mm-hmm. a long time ago. And yeah. we were in your shop, and I remember you showing us like a f- first prototype or a really early yeah. prototype of this and getting feedback on it turning mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. And obviously you'd already been thinking about it to long enough to have a prototype. Yes. So that's, I don't know, it's encouraging to me to know that having a product, which is something that I'm still struggling with and something mm-hmm. I still want to do and all that, that the process can be really long and still be productive. And I know you're not done with it yet. I know you're not through it all yet, but the fact that it's like, it hasn't died in that time. It's continuing to be moved forward. That's encouraging to me. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like it should be long. Hmm. Yeah, you need because the first time you put it out, when you put a product out, the moment, the absolute second you put it out, that's going to be the worst version of that product. Yeah. Because yeah. immediately you have millions of minds looking. Like, for instance, this Google, the Google, the Apple screen. What is it called? Yeah, Vision Pro. The Vision Pro, Jocko has it. He brought it here and we're playing with it. And everybody, Marquez, whoever else, Jerry Rig, everything, everybody that's talking about it online is all saying, this is the worst version of the most incredible product that's out there right now. <laughs> Because right. it's going to immediately begin to be picked apart, improved, changed, and but that's the risk you got to take. And you're saying that you need more time to make sure that you hit the ground with the best opportunities. And then, and then as a brand, you also do that because you want to make sure that you have the opportunity to secure all of those assets under your brand umbrella, whether it's legally or just emotionally with the with the fan base. Yeah. Plus, I mean, the moment people starts using it you discover so many things that even if you yeah. do all kind of tests, like you even make like machines that, you know, simulate the hues, whatever, uh, you discover so many things that you would never have thought before. So, yeah. Are you doing, so because this is a, an electronics thing and there are many more points of failure, Yeah. <clears throat> are you doing testing like that? Are you doing like beta testers of people yes. handling it? Um, so we're going to make 25 uh, dark fade this year, like in the next months that we're going to give to some people, like some backers, obviously to try it out. But I also have an, another advantage with this uh, guy who's like the new electronic that a lot of the electronic that we're using, like the, the, the system that we're using, he's been using it in his own products. So he okay. makes um, little lights that they go like in the Vatican the, they use them in the Uffizi, you know, in, in the museum in Florence. So he, his lights are like the best. And the thing is that now Dark Fade is like a 
an improved version with battery of his own lights. Mm. Gotcha. So like wow. the, the light quality, everything is like absolutely amazing. He, his little lights are like, I don't know, 200 euro for just one LED. And they use them like in, you know, scientific labs and stuff like that. Dark Fade is going to be that level with battery, which I'm, I, I can't believe this happened. So honestly. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. So even though like I'm probably losing money on, on the um, on, on the campaign, but I'm so sure it's going to be so nice and so amazing that obviously afterwards, that's when I'm going to make money. You can continue to sell it. Yeah. Is there technology there where you, you own it? Like, for instance, patenting for licensing? Well, it's very hard because you know how patent works. Like, even if you do something that nobody done before, but if it's like a, a combination of things that exist, you can really... Uh, yeah, everyone can do it. Yeah. But we're going to protect it in other ways. Yeah. And the design and the angle, that's that's we're trying to patent that. We have like some design patents, stuff like that. <coughs> have any of your products been ripped off? Yes, the Kinetic Driver. Uh, luckily, it got ripped off before it even came out, right? Yes. <laughs> they were quicker than I. Uh, but Ooh. luckily, all the versions that are out there are super, super bad. Like they're... First of all, they're like this small, like, what, what is this? If yeah, like three inches. Yeah. Like they're half the size. And some of them don't even work as a screwdriver. <laughs> like <laughs> like I, I bought one that like, like the middle mind. turns. So if you turn the um, handle, yeah, the handle, it just stays stationary. In the, it's like, I don't know what they think they made. So for anybody, anybody yeah. watching, this is what yeah. we're talking about. It's yes. this, it's got a, a ceramic bearing on the back. Yeah, and so you can. Yeah, you can, and it just spins yeah. forever. Yeah. It's great, it's beautiful. It's great. Well, it is just might so nice to have. If you're a, a knockoff artist and you see a picture that you might assume that barrel that's in the middle of the thing are yes are bearings, but yeah. they're not. Yeah, exactly. So they might right. knock it off visually and put bearings there, and then you turn the bearings. It's really actually a stationary handle. Yeah. Which that would be completely useless if this was the bearing and you. It were is, <laughs> and that's how some people knocked it off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the one thing uh, I, the one thing we have to contend with, and it's really more you, Jocko, because when I put out products, I just start on Instagram. I don't really start any sort of campaign. But what's happening now, more and more, even with guys that just flip used equipment, uh, they do a beautiful photograph or a beautiful campaign, and then the knockoff people just take that and use that in their own. Yeah. They just use your photographs, your media. For their own. Yeah, they use my picture, even the video they used. And that confuses everybody because yeah. everyone's like, you're working? With, why would you work with this company that uh, knocks people off? And you go, mm. they just took it. They have no shame. Yeah. And then you have to explain that to everybody. So these day, this day and age with the internet, is, it's a little difficult. For There's a scam going on with the, the, the blacksmith community. It's, it seems to be prevalent where Andrew and, and uh, Chris Cash and these guys, their pictures are being taken and put on Facebook Market as advertising. And then... Somebody somewhere is like, yeah, I made this thing. And, you know, it's something that Chris Cash might have spent a lot of time and energy making a, an anvil stand, you know, combining antique tool bases and making this thing. And it's a one of a kind work of art that this guy's trying to sell for thousands of dollars. And he's like, oh, yeah, but before I can take your payment, you're going to have to pay me something so I can secure the, the shipping. And then they get and then the people and then Chris gets the message like, hey, what happened to my base? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. So. Yeah, we just have to be careful of scams, and that's the case with everything. I mean, I yeah. think we talked about. Did we talk about this last week? Yeah, we, yeah, I remember using the same example. 
yeah, it's the same same thing with car parts. You know, the photos. Oh, that's right. That's right. And stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. Like uh, looking in the groups, the Facebook groups about car stuff right now. Basically, everybody is like, just don't buy from marketplace. And so, because hmm. they're because Meta's not trying to. I don't know how they would fix it, so you know, I'm not saying that. But because they're not really making an effort to verify uh, sales and stuff, they're kind of killing their own marketplace because people are beginning to run away from it, knowing that eBay is the safer way. At least there's some protections built into the system and stuff like that. But anyway, Um, we jumped right into Jocko, which is great, but we haven't talked about what anybody else has been doing. So let's take a break because i actually have a question for you about the future of your product stuff but i want to hear from the the other guys about what they've been up to well what, what, uh, i i've been making these whiskey boxes i've been talking about them a little bit and uh, i'm just trying to jam through that and the other day jocko my laser works perfect but then when someone shows up i'm like oh look at how good my laser works and jocko goes oh it doesn't work i go no it's working fine <laughs> it's like it's not cutting through i'm like no it is and then of course it wasn't and then he's like, he looks, he goes, your mirrors look like they have ceramic on them. <laughs> and I had never cleaned the laser since I got it. And then I opened it up and I pulled out the, the tube, the barrel that has the pointy cone I was pretty on sure it. you were going to say a rat. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. I know, it's just good. And I look into it and uh, I'm like, is this how it's supposed to look? It looks like a, a crater on the moon. It looks like someone took a, like a, a plastic lens, if you would imagine a plastic lens about the size of a quarter, heated up an ice pick, and then melted it directly through the center of that lens. Oh, That's what the lens of my laser looked like. And Jocko and I both couldn't decide whether that was bad or not because we didn't know. <laughs> and then he goes, no, no, definitely it's not good. And then it was also cracked. I'll send you guys a picture. And I, I got on the phone with Derek because I know Derek was always diagnosing this type of stuff. And he said, call this guy. And I'll look up his name. I'll say he was very helpful. He was super nice. He's a laser expert. And He's in Florida. Some laser nerds will probably know who I'm already talking about. And he right away said, this is what your problem was. And this, the lens has condensation on it. And when the laser hits it, it boils the water. And the water burns off the protective coating. And then the laser melts through the lens. And that must have happened the night before because, wow. or at least might be it got to the critical point the night before. I was probably doing some work on it for a minute. And because I was able to cut some leather the night before. And now here it is 24 hours later and it wouldn't work. Anyway, so now I know I'm smarter with lasers, but I had the full spectrum. So yesterday we were able to use that, which works good. And uh, so I'm working on the whiskey boxes, but then I'm also putting out a special project this weekend with DFM Toolworks and I are collaborating on a project. And when the video comes out, you'll be able to buy a product from us when this weekend's video comes out. So uh, you'll see that video. I don't want to give it away. And uh, so just going to be working on that. And it's a machining thing. So I'm going to be on the lathe. I'm going to have brass chips in my teeth for the next three weeks. <laughs> I'm going to have to build a shield because I cut some last night when you mm-hmm. went to bed. And <clears throat> the sparks get in your earlobes. And, you know, it's when you cut brass, it turns into almost like sawdust fibers, but brass. <laughs> mm. You would expect sawdust fibers. You just go, eh, just rub it in. It's fine. Just fades into the fabric of your skin and your clothes and your lungs, but not brass chips. They don't fade away as easily. <laughs> fabric of your lungs. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, I turned uh, some aluminum something. I don't even remember what it was, but it did that. It like these 
little spikes. And yeah. I think it might, it wasn't this shirt, but it was a shirt like this. Yeah, they, and they I walked away. away and they were just everywhere, just stuck in. And I tried to wipe them off and they wouldn't wipe off and they were embedded in the shirt. And then I was like, all right, I'll just wash it. That'll get them all out. Nope. Yeah, like three washes good. later, there's still like little metal things like sticking out of it. <laughs> they look very good on you. <laughs> it's my glitter <laughs> so I'm working on that and Jocko is uh, tinkering around the shop it's funny when someone's around Jocko says do you have springs <laughs> and I'm like for a second I go I know I have springs somewhere and then I let the intuitive internal uh, navigator guide me like divining rods to a drawer and I pull it open, and boom! I have no idea what's in that drawer, but springs are in there. <laughs> wow! As, in my old age, everything just goes. I go. <clears throat> you're gonna laugh when I traveled down to Nashville, and I came home, and I stopped at Knife City. I bought two whittling knives because I was working with Anne, and she gave me a beautiful whittling knife. And I said, I gotta, I gotta whittle more. So I saw whittling knives available, so I bought two of them. One for me, one for Patrick. I got home, and I was like, I'm gonna put these in a safe place. About four hours later, I was like, where did I put those? Completely since then. So that was in the beginning of January. I could not remember where I put these two whittling knives I bought. Yesterday, I accidentally found them in the big toolbox. Like, I just, now now my routine is, okay, that's missing. I'm going to stumble. My future self will stumble upon where my past self put it. Because I know I, did, I definitely didn't throw it away. It's not in some bookshelf somewhere. I put it in a place where past Jimmy would know where future Jimmy would want it. <laughs> and... And I'm coming to the conclusion of my old age. It's like, if I can't find something, it's going to be right in a spot where I left it. Yesterday, we were looking for the calipers, this digital stared calipers. And I said, I used them a couple of days ago. And I was like, don't put them back in the toolbox because I'll just leave them right here for the next time I need them. And all day yesterday, I have no idea where that is. He also has like 10 different shops. There is that. I also found device. That you just bought. Again. <laughs> <laughs> we went to Harbor Freight the other day and I bought a drill press vice. And I hear him balk from the other corner of the room and he's holding up the one that I couldn't find anymore. It was in a pile of sawdust for some reason on the back side of the bandsaw. And he goes, this is what you just bought? <laughs> I said, yeah. You now I have extras in case I lose the one I just bought. Yeah. yeah. So That's funny. That's, that's David, life. what about you? I just want to show everybody how easily influenced I am. Jimmy mentioned springs and I watched some creator on YouTube two, three years ago. And this person was like, you have to have, you just have to have springs on hand. So you need to go and you need to get a box of a variety of, of springs. And so yeah, Harbor Freight sells them too. I did. So I have, I have this container and it's got all these different springs in there. I have, never opened it up i have never used it and i don't even know yeah. if i had a need for springs before that video i was just like somebody said i had to have springs so i did and then i wanted to make sure i was backing dark fade so i log into kickstarter i'm like oh i am uh backing that project and oh I also bought no shortcuts all you need to know to start your own company i never i backed that but this is another Jocko yeah. product. I backed it and then I totally forgot about it and then never did anything with that. Uh, I never, I don't know if there's videos or if it's a book or whatever, but I, I, I just, I'm easily influenced. If there's somebody that I like that says I need something, I just, <laughs> I just buy it. 
I yeah, I agree. To I'm gonna let you finish, but <laughs> I actually while you were saying that, I just got an email from uh Katz Moses Tools saying that my uh universal box joint jig that they just put up for presale just shipped. And it's nice. the same situation. I already have one. <laughs> I have the one that we've talked about a million times yeah. that we have to look up the video how to use. And I saw his and I'm like Hey, that looks great. I like that guy. I want to mm-hmm. help. Like, I want it to exist. And yeah, yeah. I, anyway, go ahead. That's a, it, you just you 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 follow people that you trust, and when they say this, you, sure. and you get excited when they release a pro, uh, product. So, anyway, I am still working on the record player stereo stand. This is like the third week in a row, and I'm worried that I'm building it up too much because it's not it's not a month long <laughs> project. I'm just taking it really slow and i've shot a couple videos in between uh and one of those videos was i shot another laser video there's this laser called the we create vision and it's a smaller laser but uh the whole top of it moves up and down the lid moves up and down and it's got a camera built in there so you can put different size things in there and it takes up less space anyway decent laser uh, i got a video coming out I think this weekend on that guy. And then I'm going to go back to the record player stand. And I've decided, I've made a decision, like when I'm working on projects that I'm excited about, that I'm really going to slow down. I'm going to make sure that I do it right. Because a lot of times mm-hmm. I'll get excited about something that I'm making. And then I'm like, I, I need to get this video out. And so Maybe I don't sand as well as I should, or I'm not putting in as many layers of finish on there as I should. And this one, I mean, this is going to be at the rental house, and I'm encouraging people to look at it, judge it, pick it apart. And so I'm trying to just take my time and and make it right. I got to get back to slowing down. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a smart move. Do you guys find yourself rushing projects at the end to get a video out? Every time, every oh yeah, and it's sometimes it's a deadline with a sponsor, but sometimes it's I'm excited about the video. Like I'll I'll be excited about the project, but after a week or two of working on it, I'm like I'm over the project. Now I want now I'm excited about the video, and so I rush the end of it to get the video out. I think for me, it's usually more about like a deadline, or and it's often self imposed. I mean, it's not like people are you know holding me to a whole lot, but it's usually I, the closer I get to it, the more I'm just like, start to get, uh, it's like the wall is right there. I'm getting closer to the wall. I got to start speeding up and, you know, just paying less attention and things like that. But yeah, that's something I don't want to do. I think slowing down is a smart thing to do for stamina and for just overall like enjoyment of the thing, mm-hmm. the, the thing being the thing we do, like not just that particular project. Even my brother who helps film, he's like, you're really taking your time with this and you're worried about the details. I'm like, yeah, I I really want to be proud of this thing when I'm done. And so I'll probably be talking about it next week when you're asking what I'm doing. Mm. So that slowing down and that like attention to those details and stuff, do you think that is this moment in time? Do you think that is these things that go in the house? Do you think that's everything going forward? Do you have any idea about that? I was telling Daniel, like, I hope I want to slow down for 
all these projects moving forward. Maybe you even see a little bit of slowdown in the way the video is edited because I am not trying to get this thing out mm -hmm. in a day. We'll see. Uh, I always say I'm going to do one thing and then <laughs> something changes and I do another. So, but right now I'm just trying to tell myself to, to take it easy and, and fuss about the details because that's who I used to be going. I, I, my degree is in graphic design. I talk about how I was a web developer, but at, but f for a while I was a graphic designer and that's what I went to school for. And there was basically two professors that ran the whole graphic design department at the school. And every day it was just like, it's about the details. It's about the presentation. It's like the details is what sets you apart. And they were, mm -hmm. it and that just I, I think about those two professors saying that all the time and it's always in the back of my head and so that's who i used to be and i've just found over time like as i'm trying to rush to get these videos out i've lost that i'm just trying to get back to that yeah yeah that's presentation that's presentation astute observation of being a creator yeah. <laughs> there, what, the last thing you said is yes <clears throat> well let's see for me um I am kind of rushing. Uh, today, I actually, right as soon as we're done, I have to start making a thing that I should have started last week. And now I'm kind of like having to compress. It, it's the first time in a while that I'm having to compress the design and build of something into a smaller space than I, that I feel good about, like I feel comfortable with. And I woke up at like, I don't know, 2.30 this morning. Laid back down, you know, went to the bathroom, laid back down, and immediately started going, wait, but how am I going to put this thing together? How's it going to, how, how am I going to, you know, and mm. laid there for an hour thinking about a linkage. And it, it, it was weird because I haven't had a lot of that pressure for a while. You know, it's been like, yeah, I can think about it tomorrow because I've got a couple of weeks. It's not a big deal. But I knew that today I was going to have to hit the ground running. And so my brain just would not avoid trying to solve some of those problems in the middle of the night, which was super obnoxious. So shut up brain, but <laughs> that's the way it was, you know? So I am kind of up against that and I'm going to try to figure out a way in between finishing this and this podcast and starting that project. I'm going to try to figure out a way to build that into the story so that there is a deadline, but I want to make it like a challenge to myself rather than a pressure to myself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to do that. But basically, I have a laptop. Uh, this company sent me a laptop to, they wanted me to like tear it apart and rebuild it using their instructions to prove how good their instructions are. Ooh. And they are good. But that's not, that's like a terrible video for me. So instead, I'm going to upgrade it and then I'm going to make like a, a sci-fi wall panel with this laptop built into it. Mm. And weather it and make it, you know, have a bunch of unnecessary buttons and stuff like that. So make it like an installation that is a dashboard for my smart home stuff. And then you can open it up and pull the laptop out and take it if you need to use it. So I think it's a cool idea. And it's generally like, oh, yeah, that's no big deal. It's just a bunch of it's a, a box and some details and some paint. But then when you get down to the specifics of it, it's like, well, it has to be able to open. It has to be able to hold this. It has to be, you know, it has to, has to, has to. And so now I'm at a point where I can't avoid those. Those things can't be general anymore. They have to be 
specific and I'm up against a deadline kind of. So anyway, that's what I'm going to be doing this afternoon. Mm. Um, but I am actually kind of excited about getting back to doing some sort of a sci-fi thing. It's been a while since I've weathered something and added unnecessary LEDs and <laughs> buttons and greeblies and, you know, um, so I'm hoping I can use that fun, interesting part of it as a way to make the time crunch not as big of a deal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see how that works. But being a creator is all about it, tricking yourself. It is. That's yeah. That is true. Um, you should implement now. They make like super small smoke machine, which are actually vape machine bigger that don't. You should implement one of those. They're so nice. There's some. There's a bunch that make them. They're like this small, battery operated. Hmm. They make like nice. I want to do. I've seen those in in props and stuff. People will put them in, you know, costumes and things so that they smoke from their armor or whatever. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, I don't have time. There are a bunch of things like that that I would like to Hmm. be able to buy to put into it. I don't have time for them to get here. Like I've got to. I got like three days, you know. Okay. <laughs> so I just got to design and build and film and all that stuff like very quickly. You know, um, what you could do you can find <laughs> someone that vapes and just put a couple of rubber tubes in it. So for the final <laughs> shot, yeah, you, you have like a guy that like to live his pizza that also vapes. <laughs> Excuse me, could you come in here for just a minute yeah. and just put the dominoes right over there? Come here, I want to show you actually. Something. Actually, I bought a small smoke machine, a battery-powered smoke machine, years ago, and it wouldn't work for this one. But the reason I bought it is you've seen those vortex cannons that people make where it's like they take a big trash can, they put a membrane over it with a hole in it. They shoot a circle. And they shoot a circle of smoke, right? So they fill up this thing with smoke. So I wanted to do a little handheld one that was like a a gun, and I found this little tiny battery-powered smoke machine. It's about this big. And I wanted to make it the handle so that you could pull the trigger and it would squirt smoke into this little canister. And then you could pull back the rubber band and shoot a ring and it would be just a tiny version of one of those. And I bought this little smoke machine and I was like, cool, I think this will work. And I put it in a box and that was like, I don't know, eight years ago or something. (laughs) So never actually made the thing, but... Oh, but now they're a lot smaller than that. Like oh, yeah. The, the yeah. one that I've been looking at, they're this big. What is this? It's like two by four inches. Yeah. <laughs> no, maybe for the next project. But I've never, um, I've never right, converted. So... I never converted metric as often as I have this week. Yeah, and it sounds really precise too, because you're just yeah. like, I don't know, it's about it's about two two, two by four. As we walk through the store, and he holds his hands up. He goes, "How much is this?" <laughs> Remember that was when we were talking about doing the making a podcast tour, and that was going to be one of the crowd participation games. Is how long? Oh is yeah, that? <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. We were going to still. We, we should try and do that this year. I forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah. We should. We should. <laughs> so many things that we should do. Yeah. yeah. So, Jocko, I have a question about your product stuff. Going forward, I know. I guess this is public. If it's not, tell me. But on this trip. One of your goals was to finish the design for Maker Knife Two, the mechanism. Yes. Did you get it? Did you uh, it yesterday, I got super excited. Jimmy knows it because mm-hmm. the thing that I tried it looks like it's working very, very nicely. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to spoil it because in case 
it's not actually going to work. But I've tried something yesterday and it feels like it's working. So the next maker knife is going to be exactly the same design, like very similar, meaning that if you see it, you know it's a maker knife. But the internal is going to be different, way different. Yeah, way different and hopefully a lot better. Because even that, like that was my first. And when I, uh, when I did, before I did the, the Kickstarter, all my quotes were like for 200 uh, pieces. And it turned out mm-hmm. to be like a product for 30,000 pieces. Well, and obviously it wasn't ready for that. Like there's like, it's not a, a knife for everyone for sure. Cause it has like some things that you need to tweak and stuff like this one. I want it to be super reliable in the mechanism and have some little feature more. And also my goal, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it, but I would like to have the website where you can kind of design it, like choosing what screws you want, what plate, what, you know, what, what clip. So you design it in the website and then you have that. It's because, because wow. making it alone isn't complicated enough. You need to right. make <laughs> it harder sometimes 10. I think you enjoy the stress of new products. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, what I enjoy is making things that I want. Like right. that's all I want. Yeah. Like I, I want, I want to have things that I want to use every day and it excites me so much that I can make it. <laughs> Where are my gold screws? Yeah, no, but um, that, that's so exciting. And then I regret it when the stress comes mm-hmm. and when, you know, problems come. But as long as I'm super excited, I'm going to make those decisions. <laughs> Sounds like a drug habit. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. Everybody well, else is on Adderall. Jocko's on Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> Well, after we record, I want you to tell me the, mm-hmm. the mechanism. I want to... I'll send you a video. Cool. Awesome. Also, you let me know if that idea is like something that people would like. Mm. <clears throat> cool. Well, what else is is? Do you have anything else in the pipeline like that? You're. I mean, there have been a bunch of products. Yeah. And I know those are two that you're like currently the Dark Fade and Maker Knife Two are currently in development in some different stage, but is there other stuff that is in other stages? Yeah. So what what I'm going to try to do this year, like the, this is going to be the year of the maker knife, like what obviously the dark fade as well, but uh, as a new product, I want the maker knife to be out. And, but I want to try to make more collaborations because, you know, like my brand is Jaco. It's, it's where, I'm, like the Kickstarter products are like on the Jaco brain, but I also have the website where I sell things, which is Placed Atoms. And I want to make more collaboration there because uh, I've been, I've done a couple of collaborations and I really like working with someone that it's basically a multiplier of what I can do alone. Mm. So, making like little projects, little things with someone that either has an idea but doesn't know how to make it or he's really skilled at something that I'm not, you know, making those collaborations and make maybe little products uh, on, on place atoms in collaboration with someone else. And I did one, I did a collection of things uh, for org- organizing your desk with uh, uh, an Italian YouTuber, like a tech YouTuber, he's like the Marquez Brownlee of Italy. And we made those uh, little projects for just, you know, 
it was exactly what we wanted for our desk. And we did a pre-order, not, no Kickstarter. We did, we did, just did pre-orders and it, it went very well. I'm very happy. And I want to do more of that stuff. So I'm talking, I'm talking to you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to do something like that too. I think, and we've talked about the three of us have talked about this many times, but I get this, I get stuck on when it comes to, I want to do products I feel like I should be a person who has those ideas, but when it comes to the actual, here's the improvement on the pen. Mm-hmm. Here's the improvement on the tape measure. I get kind of stuck there, and I'm like, anything that I think, and it may be a self-confidence thing, but anything I think that I could improve about this feels not enough. It feels like it's not quite enough of a thing that anybody's actually going to want, you know? We've, I've shown these guys many times or several times, at least these little trays, Mm -hmm. I started just modeling and it was more of a modeling experiment than anything else, but these, these little trays that nest. And then I started working on like a little clip that you could put them on your desk and clip them together. And so you could kind of build out a little, you know, divider system on Mm -hmm. your desk and it's all just 3d printed stuff. Very simple. And a lot of people started asking for the files for these, whether I sold them or gave them away or whatever. And it's stuck right here on my desk because right now it's just a tray. It's a tray, mm-hmm. a set of trays with a little clip and there's nothing that really elevates it to better than another tray that's out there or whatever, you know, and that's the place I always get stuck. But then ne- next to this on my desk, I also have this little uh, conversion chart. Mm-hmm. And this is from Aaron Draplin. And there is nothing unique about this other than the design. It has the exact same <coughs> numbers on it that this sticker, also on my desk, <clears throat> has from Chris Zepp. Yep. Exact same stuff. Mm-hmm. Different use case. You know, this is like an aluminum, really nice looking, well designed plate. Like, I want to stick to a tool. This one is a sticker, and I have these all over the place. They're both valuable. They have the exact same stuff on them. And I could make my own version of this, but I wouldn't ever do that because it's not its not like a step up. It's not an improvement. So April made I guess, one, too. Remember April made one? She had it. She was yeah. seeing them at a, <clears throat> at a material for, like, the shop wall, so they were bigger, like right. 17, 18 inches large. And so when I compare stuff like this, which, I mean, I paid for this, so it's not like this is not sellable. <laughs> you know, he sold one, two to me. <laughs> but um, when I think about this and then I think about your products, which are like a level up, a serious design and function level up to the screwdriver, to the knife, to the Sharpie, those feel like very different things as someone who comes up with ideas for things. And I think I personally get stuck so do you have any suggestions there as someone with a lot of experience in this about I think what's what's worthwhile maybe or Yeah. I think that the trick there is to be very clear in your mind when you start what's the purpose of what you're doing. Cuz like even like you guys are real YouTubers and videos are your products. So those are products too. And I think the YouTubers that uh are successful are the ones that have clear in mind whether you want to do videos for entertaining or for teaching, like having people learn. 
I think those are the two categories of like videos that you can put out. And the YouTubers that have that very clear in mind, they are the ones that are successful. Same thing with products. You need to know if you want to have like a thing that it's better because of the design, like something that just looks better, or it's like an invention that needs to be very useful. And so far I focused on taking like normal things and it's kind of what happened in the past. Like uh, the, the thing that really inspires me is like my grandfather had like a sewing machine, like a singer sewing machine. And it was so beautiful, right? It was like super nice with like all kind of decoration and stuff, but that was a working tool. So what I have in mind now is like taking the normal things that are like close to be just um, utilitarian. Yes. And make them nice again, like something that can inspire you mm. just as the singer thing. So having that in mind, like if I have exactly what's the focus, then you don't get stuck because you have really clear what's your goal. And for me, it's taking something normal and make it like different, like something that can inspire you like that, that kinetic driver. I'm sure if you take like a two euro kinetic driver, you can unscrew screws. But that one, I feel like, like I'm having it, like I have it on my desk because it's nice. It makes me want to use it. Like there's something about the design and the weight that makes you feel better when you're using it. So my, why I do things is exactly that. Hmm. So I think as any product, you need to be, first of all, very clear of what's the goal, like what you want to achieve. So, and, and, and that, that's the, the main secret to me. Plus, if you want to make something that you are sure you're going to use, like something that you're looking forward to use, it works a lot better. Because those things, like the measurement things, you probably bought it more as a support than you, you needed it, I guess. So that's probably the third category in the mm. design things. But if you want to make something that it's actually useful, you need, it's basically an invention, which like you can't plan to have. Like normally, unless you want to fix like a, a, a specific problem, but it's very difficult to like plan like this month I'm going to have an invention. Like I'm right. going to invent something. have a brand new thing that's never yeah. existed before. So but, you're saying the purpose has to come first. Yes. That's very important. So you don't get stuck because as soon as you get stuck, you go like, okay, well, what was my purpose? Am I going that direction? Yeah. yeah. It well, sounds trivial. Like, I, I guess a lot of people say that, but it's so trivial that people don't think about it. Right. right. And another distinction, I, I think, is you could make – so this screwdriver that I'm holding up was expensive. Yeah. <laughs> And But it's really nice, right? And I was willing to pay that money because I knew it would be nice because I trust you as a designer. I trust the attention to detail that you have. And I enjoy – and I think it's worth the money that I spent on it. But you didn't make this to get a screwdriver in the hand of every person at the cheapest possible price. Yeah. And I think that might be one of the – It's maybe it's an audience thing. It's like who who are you making it for and what – what does that group of people require? Do they require a nice thing, a cheap thing, a fast thing, a replaceable thing? You know, what maybe what that is. And that's 
something I've never even, I've never put that into a consideration when I'm thinking about any of the things that I'm trying to turn into a product is, you know, it's okay if it's difficult to use, if it's this, or it's okay if it's easy to you use or cheap, if it's this to meet these people, not everything for everybody all the time. Um, so I don't know how you decide. I mean, I guess it's just a priority thing. The priority for you on the screwdriver was that it was something you would want to use. Right. And then you just find people that think the same. Yeah. I mean, yes, that that's one thing, but it's also like, if you want to start a company that makes products and you want to start by making something cheap, uh, you're going to fail. There's no way around it mm. because making something that is very affordable is super expensive. Like, imagine if I had to make uh, the, screw, the kinetic driver like the same, exact same thing for half the price, I would have to have sold 10 times the number I, I, I actually sold. Mm. Because making, like, obviously the, 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 the economic of scale is something that, you know, it's real. But even if we, if we think about, I want to make a trash bag, right? And you, you take a trash bag and it's like, I don't know how much this is worth, five cents. Can you imagine the kind of uh, infrastructure that you have to make a trash bag uh, company? It's insane. So I think if you want to start, you need to start with something that's premium so it has other qualities because mm. if you raise the price, you can afford to make less of them. Right. Even because even if I made like just 1,000, uh, well, just, that would be good, but uh, 1,000 kinetic driver, I, I could afford to make them. Maybe I, I wouldn't make any money, but I could afford to make them. If I needed like $2 million dollars to make it like just make the, the first trash bags, you know, uh, I wouldn't be able to, you know, do a Kickstarter about that. So having something premium allows you to make less of them and still make a little bit of money to make more stuff. That's exactly the same theory behind the leather bag that I've been making. Yeah. I sell them for hundreds of dollars and they're paying the, the hands to make yeah. quite literally. And, but they are fun. There's something very rewarding about putting in the rivets and so it's very, I, I like the process. Lately when it comes to making products, sometimes what I think is I go to myself, if I sell a thousand of these, I'm going to make, maybe I'll make $25,000. But the amount of time and energy it takes to make a thousand of those things, because I'm also not really using factories as much. I think to myself, 25,000, even 30, even $40,000. It's a lot of money, but it's also a tremendous amount of work. And I back off and I'd be like, let me make five for my friends mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I'll make that money doing something for the liquor brands or whatever. <laughs> and that's kind of where I've been falling. If you guys can look at my arc, I'd come up with these things and make 75 for the website or 200 for the website, 300 for the website. And then they'd fall off and I'd get interested about something else. And, and that's because I realized unless it's selling at Walmart, which I tried that path too. And that was too complicated. It's more fun just making content in general. And the, the bags that I've been making, yeah. uh, this is a concerted effort to get back on track to actually really focus. And But like I, me and Jocko were talking last night, for me, things don't sell unless I talk about them. And you got to constantly talk about them. I haven't sold a bag in about a week. 
because I haven't shown anything on the stories. And when you think, oh, you, if you're going to just blab out some information on the stories, like, I don't want to do this anymore. So please don't ask me. And then you'll get 30 people asking you the same question because that story is one little drop in the ocean that, you know, just a couple thousand people might see, maybe even a few hundred, and that's it. But you think because you've uttered it, now the whole world will see my poster stapled to a telephone pole in San Francisco. The whole world's going to see it. But like a fraction of a fraction of a percent of people see that. So the point I'm making is when you make a product, you got to constantly keep reminding your audience that you have it to the detriment of annoying the few people that actually pay close attention more often because those guys are like enough already with this product. I got one. I don't need to keep hearing about it, but you got to keep pushing. You got to keep pushing. I don't know. I made a few points there. Once in a while, there's products for me is the maker knife that it sells itself. Yeah. People use it. Yeah. And it's so uh, different that people ask, what is that? And then they want it. Like every time, like if I sell today, if I sell 10 maker knife, tomorrow I'm going to sell 20 just because of the people that have it and show it to pe- to other people. Yeah. Also, like it's an EDC thing. So you actually take it out. Yeah. The kinetic driver is a little different because you, you don't have it around with you. Like it's just people that are like in your shop or whatever. Yeah. Like the, the maker knife has like a huge potential because it's so like it makes you ask questions. Like you see it and... Like I saw it so many times, so many people told me like they they take it out and there's always someone like what is that? Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I couldn't plan to make that. I just learned it afterwards. It's yeah. just so nice that it happened. Yeah, it's really important. If you, another part of product development is always leave room for those surprises. Yeah. You know, you you just always expect to be something that good or bad that you just can't anticipate whatsoever. So that's a thing that I learned with the Maker Knife. So now I try always, like, if I'm designing something, I try to think what can be that, you know, even the, the kinetic driver, obviously you don't take it out as much, but if you look at it, you think it's like a projectile or something. Like, it, it makes you want to ask you, what, what does it do, right? And just, you know, someone asking the question, it's already closer to making a purchase in that moment. Right. And I, I hope the, the dark fade is going to do the same because it's so different than other flashlights that you want to ask what, what, what's special about it. Yeah. That you might like it or not, but you're still closer than, I don't know, just that, like this one, if I don't show you the brand, you don't know what it is, right? Like that one is going to have something different to, to ask right. questions. The so, shape is a trademark. Yeah. So hmm. that's one aspect that I try to think about like what is like the x factor or whatever Mm. yeah 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 Mm. it's weird that you were talking earlier jimmy about the how content is more fun i can't remember how you said it but i hadn't really thought about it in this way until just now but the profit margin on making content is so much higher than making products it is and uh, And it's me and and We've been talking the trade-off about that. is that it requires you permanently. <clears throat> like it is an active one-for-one. You have to make the content for it yeah. to, for that margin to be there. You know, which I mean makes sense. But whereas the a product can be offloaded to other people, even if it's partially or it can be scaled, you know, in a factory or in with other hands or whatever. 
And so it's, that's an interesting thing to think about because I think I've known that and that's been a consideration with going back and forth between trying to come up with a product, trying to make content. The, the margin is always so much higher on content just because the economy around content is totally different than it is around physical things. Yeah. Well, but, in, in the short term, yes. But if you build a product company, you're actually building a value that goes parallel to the actual income. Because now, like, if in a few years I decide to sell the company, that's a whole of assets. Yeah, that's a whole, you know, bag of assets that I have patents. You know, design things, and even the know-how, like the knowing what companies to use, like that's value for other companies. And this is all money that's like invisible right now, but it can be. Not that I want to sell, but it can be a thing in the future that the video probably has a lot less. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good point. That's why, I mean, parallel to the YouTube content, I'm always trying to develop something. I'm obviously working with Howard on lots of stuff. We just had a big meeting about the website. I've kind of let the website languish because what's going on with, uh, you know, the Walmart thing kind of put us off in a two-year diversion to trying to develop this factory that we're working on. But we're going to get back to doing products on the website and maybe even potentially putting the leather bags on the website. But that's uh, another thing for 2024, another goal. Mm. But, yeah, it's nice to have products that bring in mailbox money. I have one of your products, Bob. You do? Yeah. Oh, the push stick? I can't, I can't say. What? The push stick? Oh, no, you have the other, the unreleased yeah. product. Yeah, this is the right. secret. The secret thing. Yeah, is this a product you developed, Bob, but didn't make? Yeah, we got it was uh, right before COVID. We got it just about ready to go, and then the cost of the electronics that were necessary went through the roof and just completely destroyed the possibility. <laughs> and they still are up there. So mm. it's well, I have one. So <laughs> yeah, and I really yeah. enjoyed it. By the way. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. I think it's cool, and I would love to make it happen at some point, but I don't know if it ever will or not. Uh, David, you've been kind of quiet. Do you have any other questions about product stuff? I, I'm not really. My my interest in products isn't. My interest really is in the content creation and the making stuff for myself. I have a tape measure idea. Oh, he's got good ideas for that. You guys should. Talk. <laughs> yeah. I have to go. I have to go to load a truck, so you guys might have sure. to go to the after show without sure. me. But Jocko will stand in for me. So a couple of years ago, I'm the placeholder. I started designing, and by designing, I mean just writing down words in a document of my ideal tape measure, and I, I I came up with a whole list of things. And I've talked to three companies. I talked to, and there was all like non-disclosure agreements and, and everything. I talked to Rockler. I talked to another tape measure company called Comellan. I think that's how you say it. And then another one called Perfect Tape Measure. And they were all like, this is a little ambitious. You might want to start with something a little less. I, I, like None of the ideas that I have for the tape measure are like amazing but they're cool and then when you add 10 cool things to it it becomes uh, this high-end ideal tape measure for somebody like me 
And I realized, like, I just don't have the time or the desire to really pursue this. This is going to take weeks of just sketching, weeks of, and then the experimentation. And I'm like, I would just rather make a, a video about making a record player stand because that's only going to take me four weeks. And then I'm going to have this beautiful record player stand that I made in design and a record, a document, a, a video documentation of me making this thing. And that just sounds so much more rewarding to me one day I'll, I'll i'll revisit the tape measure but it it's just not right now is it a situation where you could you could patent the ideas that make it unique and then license those patents to someone to physically you know uh, create the the thing poss possibly possibly the uh I really like to take ownership in the things that I make. Like this is this is mine. I made this. I did this by myself. And the idea of like taking this thing and doing the patents and and the ideas and then handing it off to somebody else doesn't really appeal to me because then it doesn't feel like it's mine anymore. Maybe I just need to get over that. But it, but but if it's only yours in your head and it's never a thing that other people see, then is it yours? Right. As well. Uh, <laughs> You know? And then you get to the, there's like oh w w well what happens when you accomplish your dreams then there, then then what do you do like so there's there's I, I I like the idea of having dreams and something to mm. work for because the idea of dreams appeals to me but you know I don't know if this is coming out the way I want it to come out of my mouth but I like the possible I like possibilities. But then when you get past, when you, when you reach those goals, what's next? You know, you have to come up yeah. with new possibility. I don't I'm probably not explaining it correct, but I have a lot of mental barriers. We'll just say that. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. valid, you know, but. <clears throat> well, one thing I'll, I'll be curious to know, like what you have cooking, but one thing that I can say because I heard you saying, like, I have, like, there's nine cool things. Uh, one thing that I'm really trying to do is to have been very clear what's the one thing that you want it to be mm -hmm. perfect. Uh, I can make the example for the Maker Knife, which is, like, obviously the thing that uh, taught me the most. Um, when, when I was looking at, like, other knives on Kickstarter... They always had like something else, like a, a bit holder, the, the the bottle opener, all that stuff. But I I was I took the risk to just focus on one thing, and I wanted the make knife to be the quickest thing to uh, you know to develop to um, deploy. So that was the only goal I had. Like, and then not having a, a bottle opener, obviously it became like marketing because. <laughs> The, the Bob's voiceover that said, like, it doesn't open bottle, that became, like, kind of the, the, the fun thing about it. Because it's very, like, that. there's a thing, it's called, even, like, in digital products, which is called, like, feature creeps. Like, you think you're making the product better by adding things, but I think they become those gadgets. Do, do you know, like, those cards that like metal cards, they they look like business cards, and they have like bottle opener, yeah. a little knife. Like they have a billion things. Have you ever used one? Like for the things, like do you even know what they make? 
those are what yeah. the things that I call gadgets. So while I'm designing things and we we start like putting more things in, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. This is becoming a gadget mm-hmm. that we want. Let's focus on the thing that we actually want this to be really good at. So I don't know your ideas, and I'm I would be uh, very happy to hear. I don't know what your ideas are for the tape measure, but if it's like what I can say, make sure it's not just uh, many things yeah. just crammed together. One. Yeah. That, yeah, that doesn't make it right. better most of the time. Hmm. That's interesting because I mean, that could be a way forward to simplify the. If they said it was ambitious, you know, like maybe yeah. simplifying actually helps in two ways. Yeah, they, I, yeah, they, and <clears throat> ambitious and probably not a market for something so high end, right? Because a, a tape measure is a disposable yeah. item for the most part. You yeah. don't hand down well, tape measures to your yeah, kids. But, yeah, but so is a screwdriver and so is yeah. a utility knife. And I, I would have said the exact same yeah. thing, but I, I'm sitting here with both of these things like at my disposal all the time, and they are not cheap. Mm-hmm. They are not, you know, like nobody is going to go to Lowe's and buy this knife. But man, I would try to convince anybody I know to buy this knife. You know, <laughs> so I I agree with you. Like it's weird when you Jocko's really good at taking things that should be kind of disposable. They should be walmart level it's not worth paying a lot for this Mm -hmm. thing but then these particular ones are worth paying a lot for and where i might buy these i might buy a really nice tape measure because i would use it all the time you know other people i know wouldn't because it's it sits in their garage and they never actually use it i think that's one of the realizations i had when we were talking earlier is that picking who you're going after it doesn't have to be everything for everybody at the same time. So, yeah, I hmm, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, try to imagine what would people say when they ask them, what, what does it do, right? Because if the tape measure is like, okay, let me, do you have 10 minutes? I'm going to tell you all the things that this thing does. That, that doesn't happen. Right. But for example, for the maker knife, I'll show you. Chick, you hear the noise. And it's out, and you like, yeah, I want that. So it's that you quick. You get it right away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all, like, things that I, I try to... And the feature creep thing, I, I learned it, obviously, while I was developing, like, digital stuff. Because I found myself, like, yeah, we can add this, and then, yeah, let's add this. And, like, the, the, the deadline was always moving forward because I was adding things that probably no one used. And, but, but I had the idea that that made it better but it actually makes it worse. So luckily I learned that in digital products where you can make a little bit more mistakes because you can take them off afterwards. Mm-hmm. But like in products that you can't go to, you know, their house and change it, uh, you, you <laughs> need to be very sure about what you really want it to have. Hmm. Right. Yeah. And that, you just saying all that stuff probably makes me think like, yeah, there's maybe too many things about this. There needs to be the one, hmm. the like the, the thing that you you see it and you get it right away I'm like oh that's why exactly. i need that i don't know what those things right. are but just yeah. by you know listening to what you say i i have that feeling yeah. that's why i said it awesome i think that's a good spot to stop and then if there's any others if you want to explain any of that in the after show i would be curious as well but it may not be after show appropriate <laughs> um i want to thank our patreon supporters i want to thank jocko 
for hanging out. Thank with you us, for being thank here. You. I want to thank you and guys. Also, um, our Patreon supporters because they're awesome and they're here whether Jimmy's here or not. <laughs> that's really cool. So big thanks to <laughs> to everybody over there, especially the top supporters. They do go above and beyond. So big thanks to Crabtree Creative, actually, who got with me about the car wrap after I mentioned it last week. So that was really cool. Thank you for that. Michael Manegin, Warren Works, Jeff at the New Janky Workshop, Scott at Dad It Yourself DIY, DIY, Sean Beckner, Odin Leather Goods, Rich at Low and Designs, Chad's Custom Creations, Chad for Mancrafting, Works by Solo, Albert's Woodworks, Corey Ward, and Nick Ryan. But also people like Seal Leather Goods. There's a lot of people that support us, and we're grateful for all of them. And they all get the after show, no matter what level they support. I don't know what we're going to talk about today, but it's usually secret stuff, you know, other stuff that doesn't fit the show. So if you want to get that, you go to patreon.com slash making it and help us out. We would be very grateful. So since Jimmy's not here to give a recommendation, do you have anything cool that you want to recommend other people check out, Jocko? Me? Video? Yeah. Like oh, know, wow. videos, books, anything that's interesting to you right now? If you go first, I'm going to try to think about it. I wasn't prepared. Okay. David, you got anything? Yeah, so this is a YouTube channel called YC Imaging. Uh, he's a creator. He makes He's very into beautiful video. He <coughs> makes music videos, but he documents the process. Sometimes he talks about equipment or whatever. Uh, I just... He's, uh, he's just got good style. That's all. Um, so if you're into cinema, cinema stuff, beautiful video, this is a good channel to check out. Awesome. Um, I just started following. So the other day I was asking people on Instagram about graffiti and I'm not, I'm not necessarily going to start doing graffiti. It was one more of one of those, like, how does somebody learn how to do that? Where, you know, how do you practice that? Where does that come from? Not the vandalism part, the like art part. And uh, so I asked people about it, and I got all these responses from people, all, all different things. Like some people were art teachers, some people were graffiti artists, some people watched graffiti artists. And so I got all these recommendations of channels. One of them was really cool, and I started following it, and I cannot remember what it's called. I'll have to look it up. Um, I'll put it in the show notes. But a lot of the other response was, you know, if, if you're thinking about getting into painting, like spray painting graffiti, you have to start with letter form and pencil. And it was really cool. I had several people tell me this exact same process. You start with a pencil and paper, start drawing letters, and then start realizing what you like about the way letters are shaped and how you can change those to make them what you want with a, a single line pencil. And then... Once you find shapes that you like, then you start adding in a, like a thicker pencil or you start shading so that you have drop shadow. And then you just take the same letter forms over and over and you add drop shadow to them to start to get the dimension to it. Then you move up to pens that have variable width and then you start and then you move to this and then you move to this and then you move to paint. And it was really cool hearing people who knew what they were talking about answer a question like that. And like, yes, this is a very long artistic exploration hmm. to get from learning how to create letter forms that you like all the way through building up on that to be able to do a mural of those letters in an artistic way. It was really cool. So great feedback from people. Thank you for that. All that to say, 
I don't remember what the name of the channel is. So <laughs> I, can't, I can't really give you the recommendation. So instead, uh, I'm going to recommend. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to recommend mm-hmm. this book by our friend Andrew Huang. Make your own rules. He's an incredible musician and creator. He makes awesome videos. He makes like sound plugins and apps and all sorts of stuff. And he wrote a book about his experiences. And I am very excited. Very excited. Whoa! He has a quote on the back of it. There's a quote right there about this book from J.J. Abrams <laughs> and BT. That that's wild. Good for you, Andrew. Anyway, I'll put a link to the book. There's audiobook and printed and all that type of stuff. You can go check it out. I have a Drop recommendation. It. Okay, well, what you got? So you know, uh, we all know ChatGPT, right? Uh, now they they put out like basically apps. I think they call them GPTs. And there is one that it's called, like, the name is Consensus, which basically, like, uh, makes the knowledge base of ChatGPT, so of, of the AI, makes it uh, scientific papers. So when you're talking with ChatGPT, the knowledge base is scientific papers. So you can ask all kinds of things, like you want to know uh, what studies are out there that people done about, like, a specific thing. And it search all the papers and it gives you ju- just, a, you know, a little brief about it. And then you can ask a question about those things. And I'm super obsessed. Like in the last two months, that's like the app I'm going the most. Like my, my doom scrolling, I do it in there. <laughs> like I just ask questions about things. It's so nice. Like it's really uh, about everything. Like lately I've been obsessed with like... Um, vitamins like taking the right vitamins uh for for things like to to feel better and all that stuff and i i'm like i go there for like hours reading papers and asking questions because normally when you're reading papers they're like super bad they're not, not even formatted like they're they're a pain to read but now you have like the ai to ask questions like if you don't understand something and then you start knowing other things it's so so nice it's really exciting you talking about Home Depot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, a guy came to pick up those blue bars that I made over the last several months, and he showed up right now, so I had to go help him load the truck. Sorry. So that's cool. your recommendation, having a truck? <laughs> yes. Oh, the recommendation. Um, what's my recommendation? I thought I had a good one. <clears throat> Let me take a quick look. I'm sorry, guys. I actually Jocko. just struck through your name in the show notes and just put Jocko, so you don't even have to come up with one. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, that's actually probably better. Uh, um, yeah, so you can if you can come up with something, you can tell everybody in the after show about it. We'll go ahead and do okay. that. All right, you talking cool. about me? Well, yeah, yeah. Jocko, oh, thanks for hanging can... out with us. Hey, well, I was going to recommend, uh, check out the video, uh, the, the shop tips of my dad. It's a and beautiful I'll just give video. A oh, thing. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah, thank you. I've been getting so many compliments on it. I've been collecting tips, and in fact, I left so many out just because I got kind of wrapped up in the idea of the ultimate video. Hmm. Um, I started collecting shop tips of my dad and putting them together, and on Saturday, I started shooting them. And in the beginning of the day, I was like, this video is going to be so fast and rather boring. And it occurred to me that I have all this footage of my dad for the last year or two. Every time I hung out with him, I just put the camera on in the car. And just he didn't know. He had no idea I was filming. And, you know, he's pretty unguarded anyway, even when he is being filmed. So it was just 
really, I thought it would be a nice idea to just put these clips of him in between. And it, it like set off the whole tone and it changed the whole tone. So it was, it was really, it was really nice the way it came together. And I'm really proud of it. And, and it's funny, I showed Rachel and she was just, I looked over and she was like totally in tears. And, and then I started getting emotional about it. And then as I tweaked it, I got more emotional. But right up until like I saw how it was affecting her as like the first person to see it. I was like, wow. And then I've been getting some really beautiful notes about people who, you know, can, can identify in one way or another. So thank yeah. you all for watching. And if you haven't seen it, go take a look. Yeah, go watch it. It's fantastic. I keep fiddling with the thumbnail just to try and get more views. So like one minute it might be a picture of a hammer. The next minute it's a picture of me and my dad. So who knows? Nothing works. Word of mouth. Yeah, that's, that's YouTube. That's it. Cool. That's my recommendation, me. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll see Later. you next time. Thank you. Bye.